Welcome to Eurodoll University with Jeff Snyder. My name is Emil Kalinowski. We're joined by Stephen Van Meter. Jeff, we're going to be talking about bond markets. So it's the perfect time to have Steve on. And we're going to be talking about an interesting study that was a working paper that was published that revealed that foreigners, what kind of foreigners, Jeff, you're going to tell us, the foreigners are terrible bond investors, terrible U.S. Treasury investors. And I guess there's more to it than meets the eye. Tell us, Jeff, what's the thesis? What are we going to take away from this episode? Well, I think you just said it, Emil, that apparently uh, these economists went looking at foreign bondholders, not all classes of foreign bondholders, but primarily central banks and official bondholders, large institutional businesses who you would think would be expert investors. They've been doing this for a very long time. And as economics as a discipline teaches us, we're all rational, profit-seeking humans. Therefore, we're always trying to maximize our return. But the question is, what are those returns? Are they always just the raw investment gross returns that you get from any particular investment? And the study was looked at foreign, these, these foreign holders and how they transacted in the U.S. Treasury market and came to the absolutely shocking conclusion that they don't do very well. In fact, they would have done a whole hell of a lot better had they just bought treasuries and held them to maturities and just rolled them over constantly. So there's something going on here where foreign official institutions are transacting actively in the treasury market and doing a really shitty job of it. Their returns are absolutely horrible. And so the question naturally needs to be asked, what are they doing and why are they doing it? Well, Jeff, there was a bit of playful sarcasm in your tone there that you were pretending to be shocked that they're doing terribly. But for new members of our audience who are not familiar with our thesis that these instruments are not necessarily investment vehicles always, right? They're tools, hedging tools, instruments for insurance, managing the balance sheet. Tell people what is the mainstream narrative? What is, why should we not be shocked? Do you, know, do you know what I'm saying? Some people are new to the audience and they're saying, yeah, yeah, I am shocked, Jeff, that they did terrible. Why are you not shocked? Well, as we said all along, U.S. Treasuries, to you and me, Emil, and even to Steve, the bond king, we'll get to him in a minute, I guess. But to us, Treasuries are an investment. And we look at these things as if I want to know how, if I put this much money in, how much money am I going to get back? But that's not what the treasury market's for. And that's not what these other investors are using these treasuries to do. They're not investing in treasures. These are balance sheet tools to manage their market affairs. So they're not looking to invest in treasuries to buy them at low prices and sell them at high prices or to maximize the coupon returns that they can get off of them. That's not what they're considering at all. These are sort of there's a mechanical relationship here that it ties back to liquidity. And the reason that we're not surprised about this is because we've been saying all along, you can't look at treasuries as investment because they're used as a form of currency. And sometimes when you use it as a form of currency, you don't give a shit about the investment characteristics or returns. You're only focused on the, the liquidity, the ability to use this in some other fashion. So the, this study coming to the conclusion that, hey, these, these uh, foreign institutions are really bad investors is not really a shock because these are not investments. Steve, Jeff's already used two expletives and we've been granted <laughs> three by YouTube per episode. <laughs> so I throw it to you with that caution, your general thoughts. 
Yeah, I, I, that's what's interesting here. They're not investments. The general view is they are. And they're, these foreign institutions matter. And this is something that I struggled with for so long because you look at these auctions that come up and there's obviously a response. Every expert's going to weigh in on them and say, wow, look at this poor demand or look at what's going on here. And it's always the same thing. These foreign institutions are buying and at the wrong time. And you start looking at the charts and see a lot of people just take for granted what they hear. And I want to encourage everyone that's listening. If you hear a mainstream narrative and you look at a chart or a graph or anything and you say, that doesn't make sense. It doesn't mean that everybody is right. It means there may be perhaps they don't understand something. And so I would look at the charts, Emil, and it didn't add up. I mean, I saw what they're saying, but it didn't make any sense. And then one day, I don't know if it was an interview I heard uh, Jeff on or if it was something he wrote and I heard his explanation of it and it all made perfect sense. These aren't investments. They are not buying them to see if they go up or down. As Jeff mentioned, they're buying them for liquidity and for the coupon. That's it. They don't, they're not looking if they go up to turn around and sell them or if they go down, they're panicking. None of that. They're just simply a balance sheet tool. You mentioned that they're buying at the wrong time, these foreign investors. And I'm going to read a quote. And for the audience that wants to read this paper, they can go to the National Bureau of Economic Research. They can look for paper 30089-30089, or the actual title of it, The Rest of the World's Dollar-Weighted Returns on U.S. Treasuries. And Steve, you said it. Here's a quote. In other words, foreign investors buy U.S. Treasuries when they are expensive and offer low future returns, and they exit their positions when Treasury bonds are cheap, what? and offer high future returns. We show that the stand-in foreign investor times their purchases and sales of U.S. Treasuries to yield a return that is lower than the buy-and-hold strategy over the same investment period. Jeff, why are they buying high and selling low? They're not idiots. They're doing this for a very good reason. That's the thing about rational behavior is that the rational, it looks irrational when you have the wrong worldview or the wrong, the wrong sense of what's going on. It becomes rational, as Steve said, when you start putting these things together and understanding why they're doing what they're doing. If they're not speculating on bond prices, why are they selling their bonds when the prices are unfavorable for them to do so? It's they're selling their bonds because we know there's a dollar shortage and they have to mobilize and liquidate these reserve assets to try to alleviate that dollar shortage for local banks in their jurisdiction that are being harassed, experiencing all sorts of problems because of the dollar shortage. I always go back to the, you know, the, the FOMC discussion during the uh, Asian financial crisis, where we talked about how they were getting the, the Federal Reserve to sell treasury bills on their behalf because local Japanese banks were just so starved of dollars, they were begging the Bank of Japan and the Ministry of Finance to liquidate their reserves to do so. So it's a timing that has to do with of liquidity in the global dollar system, which means when the prices are doing the wrong thing, central banks aren't doing it because of the price. They're doing it because of liquidity characteristics. So that means that when prices are high, they tend to be buying. They're buying treasuries not because the prices are high, but because when prices are high, that usually means we just went through a dollar shortage. Everybody outside of these places piled into treasuries. Their price went up because of the demand for safe and liquid assets. 
And then we get out of a dollar shortage when the prices are high, dollars start to come back into the system. And then these foreign central banks and, and governments start to buy treasuries again because the dollars are flowing again. So it's, it's a mechanical relationship that is exactly upside down from any kind of investment strategy. Jeff, I may be upside down. Steve, I'm glad you're here so you can confirm if you heard this right. But did Jeff say that correctly? Jeff, you, did, I heard you say that the central banks are buying when prices are high. But I think you meant to say they're selling when prices are high so as to provide liquidity to the system. Or am I out to lunch? Again, it depends upon timing here, right? Because prices are driven higher in treasuries through the dollar shortage as banks and institutions outside of these central governments seek out these safe liquid assets for either their own investment strategies or as repo collateral. So by the time central banks have the dollars going coming back into the system to start rebuilding the reserve piles, the prices on these treasuries have been driven really high. So they're buying when prices are already high. And conversely, when we go through the dollar uh, for the reflationary cycle and prices start to become very low again because interest rates rise and nobody wants safe and liquid when the opportunity looks good, then we get into another dollar shortage, which means they start selling when prices are already low. So they're doing the exact opposite of what an investment strategy would demand of them because, again, it's a mechanical relationship that has very little to do with investment. If nothing to do with investment. Steve, I'm going to read the abstract to the audience and to you, and then you react. Any of your thoughts about the actual working paper, Jeff's essay, or anything that's happening in the markets today, by the way, I didn't tell the audience that they can read the working paper. I did tell them that, but they can also read the essay. It's at Real Clear Markets, ladies and gentlemen. And the title is The Treasury Curve Will Still Guide You Toward Useful Truth, posted on July 8th. Here's the abstract, very short. Since 1984, investors have timed their purchases and sales of U.S. treasuries to yield particularly low returns. Their annual dollar weighted returns measured by internal rates of return are around 3% lower than a buy and hold strategy over the same horizon. In comparison, the internal rates of return achieved by domestic investors are at least 1% higher. And then this is interesting. While the IRRs achieved by the Fed are similarly low, but they do confirm what you're saying, Jeff. Our results are consistent with theories where foreign investors are price and elastic buyers of safe dollar assets which provide them with convenience services. Steve. Yeah, th this is great. And I think the way we can try to understand this is you think about your savings account. So when you're financially doing well, what do people do? They build up their savings. And why do they build it up? Because of emergency. For when there's a shortage of their income or maybe something goes wrong, they have their savings account. And nobody sits here and discusses Wow, how are you doing on your savings account? Did you make a really big return? We don't, we, nobody talks about that. Now, some people were, you know, do go out and seek to get a little higher return at uh, you know, other places on their savings, but nobody talks about the rate of the return on their savings. In fact, if things are good and continue to be good, not only will our savings hold, but it may actually grow. What we don't want is, oh, the air conditioner went out or the car broke and I don't have the resources to pay for it right now, so I need to draw down my savings. And that's what Jeff is saying here, is these central banks don't want to draw down, but they're being forced to because of a dollar shortage, because 
of may perhaps other central bank actions of tightening monetary policy or the global economy slowing down, but they don't want to. But just like I don't care about the internal rate of return on my savings account any more than probably either of you do, neither do central banks care about their return on their treasury securities because they don't want to sell. I love it, Steve. I love it because these treasuries are just a higher, different format of money for institutions. So just like you're saying, what return did we have on my pennies and quarters and dollars and tens? I don't know. That continues up to the treasuries, which is just another form of money for institutions. Jeff, the, the bond market today, yesterday, this week, anything happening that's interesting that we can apply to present day from, from this study that you want to comment on? Or Steve, similar question to you? Yeah, well, I think the bond market's completely crazy at the left. You know, we had the CPI this week when was that Wednesday and trading was just unbelievably all over the place. A wild day in the bond market. You know, you had short term rates that rose precipitously as soon as the CPI was released, which, again, it was another 40 year high acceleration, all that stuff. Uh, More Fed rate hikes in the market, the clear path to continue to go upward. What was interesting is that the entire curve shifted higher as soon as the CPI came out. And then within about, what was it, 45 minutes to an hour, all of a sudden buyers just jumped over the long end and you had the radical inversion, uh, radical steepening in the inversion across the treasury curve where you had the 12-month bill rate that went from uh, 10 or 13 basis points higher last Friday. So it was, you know, it was below the 10-year treasury to 30 basis points above the treasury. You had a 40 basis point swing just this week in the short end of the curve. And it got to the point where I think even today, the six month bill rate is within a whisker of the 10 year treasury. So we're seeing the inversion roll its way and progress its way further, closer to the front, which is just another signal confirmation that, um, you know, recession risk, deflation risk, all the things that we're talking about, the market is seeing them and pricing them and with more confidence and more immediacy too. Steve, any final thoughts? Yeah, I think Jeff's, of course, his assessment is correct. The bond market is telling people a recession is coming. You can choose to listen or not, but I'll tell you what, it's rarely ever wrong. (music) 